Hey, this is Aaron. And Melissa. And we're Trending Spokane, a weekly podcast all about the latest in the Lilac City. Finding out what is happening right now in Spokane can be overwhelming, but not if you're an insider. Join us as we shine light onto the latest happenings and chat about the future of our city. Each episode will introduce you to people you want to know, places you need to visit, and local knowledge you can't live without. We will help you get out and get involved. Episodes are dropping soon, and make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts now. At 16 years old, Natasha Hill was a senior at Rogers High School in Spokane, working part-time, living on her own, and taking classes at the local community college just to get ahead. She was the first in her family to obtain a college degree, graduating from the University of Washington with a degree in sociology in 2003. In college, she found a passion for understanding people and society and knew she wanted to help more people just like her family and others through an even bigger impact. She decided to pursue a law degree while not knowing a single lawyer, which is really impressive. And she graduated from Southwestern School of Law in 2006 and passed the California bar exam, the hardest in the country, on her first attempt. In 2016, she returned to Spokane with her two children and now has her own law practice. And most impressively of all, she is running for Congress with the hope of unseating Kathy McMorris Rogers. She feels we must get serious about investing in our working class, our education, and our healthcare systems, and create accessible pathways to stable, secure housing and jobs for all people. Let's learn more about how she plans to make changes that will impact working families right here in our region. Welcome to Trending Northwest, Natasha. Thank you for having me. We are so delighted to have you here. And for those who aren't fortunate enough to know you yet, would you please share what made you want to pursue work as a lawyer and then to run for office? Absolutely. Um, As you mentioned, I knew nothing about going to law school or being a lawyer. Um, But I knew from growing up here in Spokane in one of our poorest neighborhoods, uh, Northeast Spokane, Hilliard, I just didn't want to be poor. I wanted to pursue my education. It was something that I was good at. It was something I got rewarded for. And so I did that. So with the help of family and a lot of people in my community, I was guided and helped all the way through community college to UW, where I went to undergrad, with got my sociology degree. And I met a friend who was going to law school. So we studied for the LSAT together. And that's kind of what took me down to Los Angeles, California. Uh, I had been there as a kid to visit with my mom. And so it wasn't too far from home. I knew the sun always shone down there. So I was excited to just take that journey. I realized when I got there that I wasn't very prepared from an educational standpoint. Um, I also didn't have the financial um, ability to really provide for all the needs that I had. Um, So I did run into a lot of obstacles along the way. Um, And it really was those obstacles and the people who helped me to overcome those obstacles, whether that was lack of food or being homeless for a couple of weeks while I was in law school, um, that drove me to want to be engaged with my community and help more people who are less resource like me reach their dreams. Um, So coming back to Spokane after practicing for about 12 years in California with my two kids, um, I decided to open up my own law practice here. and to broaden my practice area to help more people. So most of the work I've done as an attorney has been in litigation, helping plaintiffs who've, uh, whether that's on the creative side, had their work ripped off on the business side and business disputes or partnership disputes, um, to getting into employment litigation, representing employees against employers for wage theft and discrimination and retaliation, um, to doing some family law and helping people get through a system that's not really built for their needs, but is the avenue that we have to get them back to stability and some certainty in their lives so they can just uh, move forward. So that's the work I do. And as an advocate for over 15 years, I 
had an opportunity to get involved with the Democratic Party, um, do redistricting for Spokane County. And it just like a look like the best opportunity in time to say, let's give Kathy something new and different to have to contend with. Let's give her a run for her money. Let's knock her out this midterm and get Democrats elected up and down the ballot. And your experience as a parent and as a working mother, really trying to carve out a place for yourself where you're able to contribute to your local community, how has that impacted the way that you view running for office and the importance that it holds? Yeah, um, absolutely. Coming back here to be raising kids near my family with their cousins, my brothers and sisters. I have my mom and my grandma, so they have their great-grandmother, lives in the same neighborhood I grew up in, same home that I grew up in, that my mom grew up in. Um, So we have a long history, generational history here in Spokane. Um, So to be able to serve my community, as I mentioned, this is the community that raised me. Um, If it wasn't for people in my community, even outside of my family, outside of school, um, to help guide me and help me find the resources that were going to take me to the next level, I would be here today. So I have this profound sense of responsibility, given the privilege I have with my education and my background, my earning ability, um, my ability to help people and advocate in our community um, to step up and be the change that I really want to see here for Eastern Washington for Spokane. I really want to go shopping. Will you please go vintage shopping with me? Where do you want to go vintage shopping, Erin? Well, the best place in Monroe District to go vintage shopping, 1889. Uh, okay, if it's 1889, I'm definitely going to be there because they have a lot of cool stuff that even I'm into. And I'm not a huge vintage person. Yeah, 1889 Salvage Co. is my favorite. This is one of the most diverse, incredible vintage stores in the entire region. And one of those reasons is because they give so much back to local charities and do a lot of really great work supporting the animal shelter and all kinds of other initiatives that make the city of Spokane a more wonderful place to live. Absolutely. And I love the fact that there's like different sections in the store where it has different items. So like there's a barware section and there's a clothing section and then every like what month it seems like they have new rotating displays too of all Mm -hmm. the different vintage items. They're absolutely gorgeous. So if you want to stock your bar with the coolest barware that will get every one of your friends talking or if you want to wear clothes that really make you stand out, you definitely want to check out 1889. And Gina, the owner, is such a sweetheart. She really cares about Spokane and gives back to so many local charities. So be sure to check that out on 1889salvageco.com. And we are so grateful to have citizens like you stand up and take the opportunity to run for office because it's a really scary process. Do you feel like you were prepared for all of the challenges that you would face as you ran for this particular office? Um, absolutely not. Um, I jumped in head first, um, knowing that it was going to be an uphill battle. So I wasn't naive about taking on Kathy and what that looks like from um, a campaigning standpoint of needing to get more people engaged, more people out to vote. Um, and then it hasn't happened, you know, in her 18 years of tenure. Um, so I wasn't naive to that. What I was naive to is just all the working pieces of a campaign and how it's really building a business from scratch, you know, finding staffing, finding people who are excited and reliable and skilled to do this work. Um, And so my goal as a candidate or my main responsibility is to raise money to cover the expenses for this campaign. Um, Getting comfortable asking people for money was probably the hardest part. Um, I can tell you now I am light years from where I started. And getting into this place of being comfortable to ask people to donate to my campaign, because this campaign is not about giving me money. It is about getting the change that we absolutely need and deserve for this region, because we know that 
the far right wing just doesn't define us. But we know that the representative we currently have is allowing it to define her party and to define this region and be a hub for hate, you know, to grow. And so we've got to fight against that. Um, so I'm willing to jump into something new and learn as I go and bring as many people with me. Because what I know is that our government has to and is what's intended to work for the people. And we're the ones who should be out shaping what that looks like, um, how it benefits us. Um, so that reflects the values that we have as people. So I know that things can be complicated and difficult sometimes to understand. I have a hard time. A lot of this stuff's new to me. I didn't, my background, even as a lawyer, didn't prepare me um, for the politics um, and the government and, and, and all of the issues that come up that we're going to have to deal with. So I'm listening. Um, I'm learning. I'm engaging with folks. Um, so I'm taking lots of feedback and notes. If people have them for me, don't be afraid to share. You know, I don't have this all figured out, but what I know is people are ready, ready and motivated for change. And that if we work collectively, like we see our unions do, um, that gives us the leverage we need to get the results that we absolutely deserve. Yeah, and, and speaking of what you're hearing from working on the ground and talking to people, what would you say are the issues that most voters want to see change in, especially in this region? You know, and it's shifted recently, I'll say that to what's come out of the Supreme Court. Right now, people want to see um, a federal law with respect to legalizing abortion. Um, this is a right that's been rolled back uh, by a Supreme Court that we know has been stacked, people who lied to get their positions. Um, and so we've got to correct that. You know, we have traditionally uh, case law, uh, the judiciary has been there to expand laws to reflect what society wants, what the people that are living now want, not what people who are dead and gone envisioned or thought. Um, but we do have a constitution that sets forth some great ideals and principles that we can pull from and that we can use to protect individual freedoms, to protect our civil and human rights. Um, and they're not all enumerated in this document. So we have to appreciate um, that abortion is health care. And what we're talking about is the government intruding the ability for individuals to decide their own personal health care. There's too many issues that come up during pregnancy um, that need to be dealt with from a medical standpoint, and our government should not be intruding in that and making decisions. Um, I understand that we need to have some, you know, standard or basis for which we all can operate, but this shouldn't be politicized the way it is. So I'm hearing from voters, you know, they want to hear that stance. I would say second in line to that with just issues that have been coming up is, you know, gun legislation. We want safe, responsible gun laws um, that try, you know, do our best to keep uh, weapons of mass destruction, automatic assault rifles out of the hands of people who are intent on committing crimes to at least limit the damage and the carnage that they can cause. Um, this doesn't impede on Second Amendment rights. Rights. Nobody's out to take away anybody's right to own a gun. But what we have to do is have a safe, healthy society and control an epidemic that's particular here to America um, in terms of our fascination and belief that we're entitled to have the right um, to own all types of weapons um, without, again, just responsible restrictions in place that are going to keep people safe um, and make sure that people don't have weapons at a time where they may be in the mindset or relationship or circumstance where they may commit harm, not to just someone else, but to themselves as well. When we look at shootings and uh, what the statistics are, mass shootings are a big problem, um, but that is three and over. And if we've got under that, we're talking about people who are being um, killed by accident. We're talking about suicide. And this is no different than us needing to address substance abuse 
abuse issues. Um, the health and wealth of our community, I think, is paramount to most folks, um, which is also being exacerbated by inflation um, and a housing, um, the cost of housing rising, the cost of everything rising. And so the issues I think that really hit people, you know, day to day are what's next in line as far as what they want to see change. They want their rents to go down, right? They want their gas prices to go down. They want to be able to find affordable housing and not worry about landlords jacking up their rent. Um, or they want to be able to buy a home for the first time. Um, and how are they going to qualify with the credit system that we currently have um, and the lending that we currently have, where we know that there's not equity based into those systems. So a lot of issues, obviously, I think those are some of the the top ones I'm hearing, um, and a lot of times are impacting folks in different ways, uh, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. But I think overall, in general, people want um, our society to be working for more people, um, not just the wealthy folks. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And there are so many people who are working class Americans who are really struggling right now with just the idea of government. We have seen so much scandal in this last really, you know, 10 years that has been compounding to the point where most people don't even feel comfortable looking at a ballot, let alone voting, um, especially in the last election, where we have now been seeing with the January 6th um, investigations that Kathy McMorris Rogers had supported a candidate who for president who ended up really betraying a lot of people's trust. And I think trust is a paramount issue in this election, not just nationally, but also for District 5. Um, how do you feel that Kathy McMorris Rogers' support of the Trump administration damaged trust that she had with voters here in our region? And how would you plan to demonstrate your trustworthiness? Um, absolutely has damaged her relationship with um, voters across our district and the party in general across the state. Um, I actually met the state chair, the former state uh, chair for the Republican Party, and uh, his name is Chris Vance. He told me, you know, Kathy doesn't care. Um, she said she would never go Trump, and she did exactly that. She was the only Republican in our state that was going to object to certifying the election before the January 6th insurrection. Um, and so after that attack on our Capitol, yes, she went ahead and 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 allowed it, and it went forward. Uh, but she's definitely the outlier. He has resigned, is now running as an independent for a state Senate race on the West Side. So that just goes to tell you the disruption that she's caused, which says, you know, not that she... And, her and Trump do not reflect even the Republican uh, Party's values. I think individuals are kind of caught up in the loyalty to a party and to a candidate. And we've ultimately got to move past that and look at who's going to reflect the values um, and, and support the policy and legislation that we want here in Eastern Washington. We know that's not Kathy. She voted against the baby formula bill. She voted against lowering insulin prices. She has a terrible track record um, of doing things that are going to make our community safer. And on behalf of communities, she says that she does care for and represent. It's just not reflected in her voting record. Um, I know politics, again, get complicated and there's a lot of layers to this. And as I mentioned before, being new to it, I totally appreciate and understand. And I really want to send the message to folks that it's worth our time. It's worth our effort. And we can all get involved in different ways um, because it's important that we're paying attention to what's happening at every level, our local level, our county level, 
our state level, our federal level, um, because one of the things Kathy's not able to do is work across our government. Um, she's not working with people in her party. She's not working with people um, across the aisle. And we've, as you mentioned, seen this lack of civility um, in government, which is holding up progress. They're not getting the job done. Instead, it's my way or the or no way. And we can't have that on either side. I think one of the things I was able to do um, for Spokane County, which is the largest county here in the 5th Congressional District, is show them that I can work across the aisle and that I can do work that reflects what people here in our region want. Um, and that was drawing five new county commissioner districts for Spokane County that gives Spokane County proportional representation for the first time. And so now we have this opportunity to really turn out and turn up the vote this midterm uh, to get Democrats elected up and down the ballot. Um, so I'm in this not just for me as a candidate, but for all candidates who reflect the values that I believe um, and are fighting for the changes that we want here in Eastern Washington. That is so incredibly important. I think that people now more than ever are in some ways afraid to get involved in the process and vote. What would you say to the voter who hasn't ever voted or hasn't voted in a while about why it is so important to take that ballot that you get so conveniently in your mailbox and actually make use of it? Absolutely. Well, ballots are dropping here next week. So you're going to have a ballot in your mailbox very soon. And what we know is that not even all the people registered to vote actually turn in their ballots and vote. We have a primary August 2nd. Um, and that's who's going to decide who gets to take Kathy on. I am the only candidate who is prepared to take on Kathy McMorris Rogers in a debate. Um, I've got amazing advocacy skills. So I'm prepared for that. Um, and so if people want to get excited about working together in order to make change, this is the time. I think what we've seen in the last couple of years with the pandemic, the resurgence of the civil rights movement, the attacks on our democracy, and as you mentioned earlier, undermining our, the integrity of our elections, we absolutely have to have that trust. So what I say to people who typically aren't out voting, um, people who feel overlooked and underrepresented, I'm here for you. I'm here to lift up your voices. And I know we've had great candidates in the past run, run for this seat. Um, so this is no disrespect to them. But what we have right now is somebody new to the game, who's not a career politician, whose only loyalty is to this community and to bring the change that people here want. I'm not here to impo impose my personal ideologies or beliefs like Kathy McMorris Rogers would do in a second. She would overturn our own state rights uh, when it comes to abortion law because she wants to have it her way or no way. And this is not okay. This is not how our government's intended to work. So as people, this is our opportunity to really turn up Get loud. Use our voices by voting this midterm to make sure that we can go after this seat and get somebody in Congress who's really going to look out for people in this Washington, not just the other Washington. Where can voters get more information about you and follow your campaign? And can they volunteer still? And Absolutely. So we need as many volunteers as possible. We're Goal, our goal is to grow this grassroots across the district, get as many people out sharing our message, knocking doors. Um, so you can get involved. You can go to NatashaForCongress.com. You can submit on there as a volunteer. Let us know what areas you'd want to volunteer, what your skill set is. Anybody can sign up who can donate $3 or more to our campaign to be a donor. We grow that donor base. And what we're really showing is the people power that we have. So every dollar counts. Any amount counts. If you can do it monthly, do it monthly. Um, so, you know, whether it's $3, $30, $300, um, max contributions are $2,900 per election. So that's mid, that's in the primary and the general. I've learned all this stuff about 
what you can do um, and how you get people to work together. Um, so the other thing you can do is you can show up and give your time. Um, there's many different ways people can get involved, especially if you can't go out and knock doors. Um, you can help us write postcards, promote our events, help us with planning. Um, and so there's, again, lots of ways to get involved and Use, use your skill, use your talent. Um, we want to promote people along the way in this campaign. So I definitely encourage people to reach out. Um, again, that's natashaforcongress.com. Uh, join Team Natasha. This is going to, we're going to make waves this uh, midterm like never before. Um, and as many people as we can get involved and engaged, uh, we know that that's how we win. It's together. That's how we win this election. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Tasha. It was so nice having you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for sharing everything about what's coming up and what you want to do for the community. And remember, anyone who wants to participate and get involved, I love the postcard thing myself personally. But go to visit NatashaForCongress.com.